There you go. <laughs> Any random amens today will be provided by Michelle. Because <laughs> she does it really well. That's right. That's right. She's practicing. Okay. Today, so today we're, I'm excited because we're going to get to start Ruth. And I told you I wasn't sure what we were going to do next, and then I decided because I had to, and it's going to be Ruth, but it's good that it's Ruth. So, um, But we're first going to do a couple chapters in Deuteronomy as we plug along there. Um, so Deuteronomy 11, and I know we didn't do any Deuteronomy last week, so we've still got you know Moses telling the the retelling of everything that happened. So pretty much all of Deuteronomy is just a retelling. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know it's it's the five paragraph essay. It's the conclusion. It's the, the Genesis is tell them what you're going to tell them, <laughs> then it's you tell them, and then now we're telling them what we told them. So. It's, it's the recap. I, I actually, I like Deuteronomy because of that. It is a much more, to me, entertaining telling of the whole thing in a summary form. And I like that it is in retrospect because there are things that are shared that are not necessarily told as for being told. And they answer questions that we have sometimes, uh, you know. And he did that because he was... Oh, that's why he did that. I was wondering back when I read it what was going on there. So I enjoy Deuteronomy, but <clears throat> it is definitely a recap of all things we've already read. So Deuteronomy 11, you shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, Consider the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and to their chariots, <clears throat> how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day. And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, son of Reuben. How the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all Israel. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. That's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Lands and hills, a uh, land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. Land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain. And the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. 
You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, t talking of them when you are sitting in your house and mm. when you are walking by the way. This is where the Vyahavta comes from. And when you lie down and when you rise up. Familiar. Yes, yes, we, we've said that before. <laughs> you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And we stop there, but it goes on to say that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your territory shall be from the wilderness to the Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you shall tread as he promised you. See, I am setting before you today. Well, and, and, that, and that happened because when they came in, everyone they meet, Rahab, everybody is like, okay, everybody knows, everybody's heard about you, everybody's terrified. Mm -hmm. You know, they're fleeing ahead of you. Um, let me be on your team. <laughs> I'm not wanting to be your enemy. You know, so, so that, that fear did go before them for a very long time until they kind of settled in and status quo and, you know. Yeah, whatever. Well, that's, that's a lot of land to go over there and fight for, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, I, my neighbor's nice. I, he doesn't bother me. And he sold me his idols, so, you know. <laughs> So he says in verse 26, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Now, people want, you know, people want to say, well, is God cursing you? Is God blessing you? Okay, this is, this is, this is what, let's read and see. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. So, does God just bless you because you're cute? <laughs> or, or is God saying the blessings come with, you know, out of obedience? It's like, you know, like, like, you know, with our children, a lot of times with my children, I try and tell them, you know, you're fighting me about this, but we're doing this because you enjoy doing it. If you don't want to go do it, I, I'm not going to fight you and force you to go. You know, if you want to go to the park, let's get ready and go to the park. If you don't want to go to the park, we'll stay home. Mm -hmm. You know, if I take them to the park, am I blessing them? Well, yeah, but it's not, you know, they, and they didn't have to earn the blessing, but you got to want the blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to do the things to get to the blessing. I, I can't transport them to the, to the park. I can't, you know, mind mold clothes onto them. I can't, yeah, I can't, I dream a genie, you know, snap my head and we're at the park. It's, or the park is at us. So, so God's saying, there are blessings on this path. There are curses on this path. Pick a path. Either way, you'll get something. So he says uh, in verse 29, uh, And when the Lord your God, hi, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, uh, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. So, so what, what he told them to do is they actually wrote out the different thing, the, the blessing on one and the curse on the other, and they had, they had them up on the top of the different mountains with all the people down in the valley. 
and um, and they and, and from what I've what I've seen in different pictures and what people have told me is that each of the the like what that mountain looks like kind of represents all of these blessings and and then the, this is like a kind of gnarly <laughs> and the curses are over there. Oh wow! So, hey. Hi. It looks like a blessing. How are you? Aha, uh -huh, you didn't know it was here. Oh, huh? sweet little face. Hi. She's like, what? She's like, I missed the blessing. I hate Who that. these people? I hate that. grandma here, too? For those listening to the recording, a baby just came in, so sorry. <laughs> so, verse 30. Are they not beyond the Jordan, west of the road, toward the going down of the sun, in the land of the Canaanites, who live in the Arabah, opposite Gilgal, beside the oak of Moreh? Sure, I guess they are. Um, for you are to cross over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And I couldn't get the overhead to work, so if you have it on there. Um, okay. Uh, to go in to the, take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and when you possess it and live in it, you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the rules that I am setting before you today. Which we, you know, have read far enough to know that that didn't go well. Um, these are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their ashram with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their name out of that place. So he wasn't even just saying, when you go in there, make sure not to worship their gods. It was, you have to cleanse it. You have to get the, get the old out, get the new in. So he says, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your households, in all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do according to all that we are doing here today, everyone doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For you have not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance that the Lord your God is giving you. But when you go over the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and when he gives you rest from all your enemies around so that you live in safety, then to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there, there you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution that you present, and all your finest vow offerings that you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male servants and your female servants, and the Levite that is within your towns, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. Take care that you do not offer your burnt offerings at any place that you see. So this is some of the things that we've been dealing with in Judges, you know. That, yeah, we're at verse 14. 12, 12 14? 12, 14. You know, don't, don't just decide, I'm going to make an altar here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire this Levite to come and be my priest, and I'm going to ordain my son so that, that God will be pleased with me. And No, he says, do not offer your burnt offerings at any place that you see, but at the place that the Lord will choose in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I am commanding you. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your towns as much as you desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. 
So in other words, you don't have to bring everything you want to eat to the temple. <laughs> you know, you don't have to bring it to the central place. Go ahead, if you're just eating it, if it's not an offering, take care of it there. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of the modern um, Jewish butchers are descended from the Levites. So kind of the Levites in the area became, they, they, wouldn't, they didn't have to take it to be sacrificed, but the Levites were the ones who knew how to cut it up kosher and, and take care of that. So that kind of became a family you know, heritage. Yeah, yeah, they were the butchers. Um, <clears throat> only you shall not eat the blood. You shall pour it out on the earth like water. You may not eat within your towns the tithe of your grain or of your wine or of your oil or the firstborn of your herd or of your flock or any of your vow offerings that you vow or your freewill offerings or the contribution that you present. But you shall eat them before the Lord your God in the place that the Lord your God will choose. So it's not even that they have to be offered. They actually have to be eaten like in the, you know, wherever the temple is, which is why when they go in and they say, and take that portion and that's the party with your family portion. And, you know, when you get the sacrifice back, that your portion of it, then you have a big party and you eat it. And Hold on. So what, verse. what verse do we skip? The unclean and the clean may eat of it. Yeah, that's what I had a question about. Oh, did I not, did I skip that or did yeah, I not copy it? No, you skipped it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. No. What do they mean by that? That might actually mean something. I went down. No, it does. And I went down and I... I'm glad you have. What does that mean? The random questions from Michelle. No. That's right. So, okay. However you may slaughter and eat... I looked up and I looked down and I thought I was done. As you desire, the your God that he has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat of it, as of the gazelle and as of the deer. So um, it's not saying you can eat any meat you want in your towns. But it says the unclean and the clean may eat of it. So, well, if you're unclean, you couldn't go to the temple. Yes. Yes. That's been killed in your town. There's no restrictions on who's allowed to eat. Right. So you take food right. It, so so if if there's yeah if there's food you know if there's people outside the town for seven days because they've got an open wound take them food because <laughs> they need to eat. <laughs> But they can't go to, you know, they can't go into the temple. So, only you shall not eat the blood, you shall pour it out on the earth like water. You may not eat within your towns the tithe. So now we'll cut, go back there. Um, but you shall eat them before the Lord your God, verse 18, in the place that the Lord your God will choose, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, and the Levite who is within your towns. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all that you undertake. Take care that you do not neglect the Levite as long as you live in your land. When the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has promised you, and you say, I will eat meat because you crave meat, you may eat meat whenever you desire. If the place that the Lord your God will choose to put his name there is too far from you, then you may kill any of your herd or your flock which the Lord has given you, as I have commanded you, meaning kill it the way I have commanded you, mm -hmm. um, and you may eat within your towns whenever you desire. Just as the gazelle or the deer is eaten, so you may eat of it. The unclean and the clean alike may eat of it. Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life. And this is all being repeated. So this is, you know, he's saying it one right, like saying it and then saying it again. It's really important. Um, only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh. You shall not eat it. 
Really, don't eat it. Don't eat it. That that blood, stop yourself from eating it. Um, and you, you shall pour it out on the earth like water. You shall not eat it, that all may go well with you and with your children after you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. Okay. Not eating the blood, very important. He said it like about three, four times. Yeah. But you know, that is kind of disgusting, though, because it's like... Well, but you know what? In that's part of pagan. Uh, a yeah, lot of the pagan. I know it's like. In general, I'm like uh, it was Africa. I know and that's what it was on the Food Channel. Uh huh. You know how that guy goes around the world. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I know. That. Well, Bizarre they food. went. He went to Africa. I forget what town, and they had um, blood and milk, and they Ooh, had like this yeah. thing that they put inside. It's like this thing they put in there. They put a stick inside, and they go like this. I saw until that. It Shake it up. Like I guess. Curls or turns into cream. Wow, so not sounding good. They open up the top of it, they pull it out, and it's like like churning butter kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. It's like a blood milk creamy thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What diseases this animal has or anything you're eating? Oh, yeah. I know that's when Christopher was dating this young lady. She was half Vietnamese and she had duck blood. And he was like on the phone, Mom. Am I supposed to eat this? Like, don't you eat <laughs> that? Don't eat it. No. Stop. Oh, that's Lisa. <laughs> Hello? Oh, there she's going to join us. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? You ready? We were trying to Hi, Lisa. Okay. There we go. Oh, I'm sorry. We're just, we're, we're talking about blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we stopped at the blood. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the record, don't eat it. Don't don't eat it. It's not for you. Don't eat it. Now we're we're in uh, Deuteronomy twelve verse twenty five, where we're again saying you shall not eat it, <laughs> and and I love that you shall not eat it. That all may go well with you, and with your children after you. So in other words, eating it, not going to go well. No, not at all. Um, when you do what is right, do what. <laughs> yeah, not that rare. Not that rare. Not, not bloody is it rare. Tartar. I don't know. Yeah. Tartar, yeah. Is it blue <laughs> and it's just completely... It's like completely rotting on the yeah. blue. Like how there's rare and then there's blue. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. No. They have something worse. Than I, mean, <laughs> I was reading it like yesterday and they were talking about, you know, the different, how to how to pinch test your steak. And they're like, blue, rare, this, that, that, oh, blue, wow. blah, blah, blah. And I was like... What? I don't. I don't want to know. So they wave it over the fire. Okay. Really? Count to five. Okay. Slowly. Someone who's butchered her own cows and hung the skins to dry and make butter. But did she? Did she not eat the blood? That's what I want to. That's all. I don't want to know. Do what? Well, it has. Yeah, it actually has to do with they they would drain the blood out of the meat. I mean, it's it's. I don't think you can actually have raw meat without having a little bit of blood in it. And um, yeah, I had a really gross experience where I thought apple juice had poured out of a concentrate container in my fridge, but it looked weird, and so I tasted it. It was blood. Oh. I was like, "What is? Oh, oh, oh! Yeah." Um, it, you know, at this, I would say at this point, that's why grace covers over our our missteps. Um, but I'm sure that 
you know, it would, it would have to be, um, I don't remember, I, I know that we covered the things of if you accidentally do this or accidentally do that, or you do something that you didn't realize, you'd probably need to go and, and do an offering. But it's, it's really, a, a lot of the commentary on it has to do with the savagery of not preparing your food. Like not killing an animal and eating it. Right. That 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 we're not. It. Yeah. That 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 God calls us to um, draw a distinction between the savage animal acts and and the way that humans do those things. So we're we're not predators who are supposed to go and rip an animal open and start chowing on it. You know that there's there's preparation and and yeah. and that 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 is about honoring i mean it's about honoring god honoring what god has made us to be and called us to be and about honoring the animal that you're about to eat it's you know that that you're treating it with dignity that you're preparing it you're not just savagely tearing it apart um and all you know because animals what's interesting um is when it, it is actually the uh like when an animal dies um, and it, like it's hunted, what happens is the the carnivore, you know, kills the herbivore. But what it does is it actually rips its throat open and drinks its blood, and it rips its stomach open and eats its digested food. It doesn't generally eat the body. And then other, you know, the like vultures and different those are what eat the carcass and and what's left. So so it's it's we're not supposed to behave like the carnivores. We're not supposed to be ripping things open and drinking their blood, and, and we don't have to rely on them, you know, their digestion to provide our food. So he's saying, if you want to eat meat, go ahead, eat meat. You know, prior to Noah, that, at, at the point of Noah, he's like, okay, you know, you, you may eat meat. Now he's saying, hey, when you go in there, if you want to eat, whatever, eat meat. But you are not savages. Do not, you know, you are not hunter animals. You, you need to prepare it. So, um, so again, be careful, what is it, but the holy, okay, verse 26, that's where we are, but the holy things that are due from you and your vow offerings you shall take, and you shall go to the place that the Lord will choose, and offer your burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, on the altar of the Lord your God. The blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, but the flesh you may eat. Be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. So, and because, you know, the children are watching. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go and dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you be not ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you. <laughs> when God destroys those people, don't go, hmm, I maybe should go off with those destroyed people, as opposed to staying with the God who was victorious here. <laughs> you would, you know, it's one of those things you go, really, that has to be sad? But yes, and it wasn't listened to. Um, and so he says that you do not, take care that you do not be ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? That I also may do the same. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. Wow. For they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Yeah, we were talking about that before. Yeah, and that's what Solomon was doing by the end of his reign. Was his own children were going into the fire. Wow. And because he had pagan wives. Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. 
So you don't get to pick and choose and say, but I did those things. Why are these bad things happening? Yeah. There's a lot of people today are in trouble. Um, some what? It depends. Depends on the application. Because it is one thing to say, and this is, this is what Yeshua really spent a lot of time talking about, is having a hedge is okay if it's things you find helpful to you to keep you from doing those things. You know, like there are some people who just find that, that whether it be something that they watch when they're online or whether it be just getting online and, and, and you know, not realizing how long they've been on or whatever, some people find that it's just better not to get online unless they have a particular time set aside for it or after they've done their things. So that would be like the hedge, and that's good for them, but if you start enforcing the hedge like the law... But isn't that what they were doing? Yes, that's why Yeshua was mad. And, and yes. still does somewhat. Some do, yes. Some, like... In, in Orthodox, that's, it's all considered to be God-breathed. Um, and and I, even, even not a hedge itself, but there's a lot in just regular mainstream, or, or just in general, that people say God says to do this oh, or do that. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. done anyways. And it's not. Right. That's, that's one of the things that I find a lot of times with people when they're, ha when they're like, you know, well, how do I know what's a sin? Everybody keeps telling me these things. I'm like, well, God spelled it out. If, he's, if he said it there, it's a sin. If he didn't say it, it's not a sin. It might not be good for you. But it might be some... It. Right. Like the food thing. Some people are like, you can't eat this. Right. like, yeah, we shouldn't. But he never said that it was a sin, right? Because I read it for myself. I was like, I don't see where he said you'd be sinning. But I do see where he said, this is clean, this is unclean. Don't eat it. It's not good for you. Well, it it because sin means well, sin means that well, and that's that's just that is also a complete misapplication of what a sin is, okay. because sin means missing the mark. So okay. I would say it would be a sin to eat it, mm -hmm. but what that means is you you know God said aim at this and you missed the mark and so okay. you go oh I'm sorry and you move on and you you know oh well, let me try harder to. And, and, not, and I, I say try harder, and the people are going to go, oh, it works. You know, not, it's, I do think we actually have to make up our minds to do things. You know, we, have to make, we make choices, and every time you make a choice not to do something, it becomes easier not to do it. And every time you make a choice to do something, it becomes easier to do it. And so it's not that you ate that, you're going to hell. It's that you ate that, you're not supposed to. Remember that next time. Try again, you know. And, right, and so right. it's... But they make it seem so like you ate that, you're all right. Well, <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. With like the hedge, is they, they, they made this set of rules to prevent you from breaking the rules, and right. some of it was upheld, and some wasn't. And where's the where's the distinction there? Well, and that's where Yeshua said you're actually violating the rule God gave in order to enforce this rule you made up. Yeah. You know, he right. said he said you're you're. Going, you know, you're straining the gnats <laughs> out of your drink, and you're letting poor people die. You know, what's you? He's like, and he, but, and I love that he says it. He says, you should do the former without not doing, you know, with and the latter. He goes, do both of them. Do it all. Do everything God said. The other stuff, if you want to do it, if God blesses you, if that's beneficial. Like when I was in seminary and we would go through and read things and I, there had been things I had been told. 
the Bible says this, or God says this. Yeah. Well, of course God says it. And then we're reading stuff, and I go, oh, it doesn't say that. Right. Ah. And so there were lots of things that I went, oh, it doesn't say that. <laughs> Throw it out. Yeah. And then there were other things that I said, oh, it doesn't say that, but I still think that's good, so I'll continue doing it, but I'm not going to say God said that because he, he didn't. So I'm going to say, I find this beneficial, or, I, you know, this blesses me. This is how I enjoy doing it. Or, you know, so when people say, well, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. It's, right, and here's how God said to do that. You may do other things, too, if you find them to be loving. I mean, God doesn't say, take a casserole when someone dies. But <laughs> if, that's, <laughs> if, that's, if that's... Please don't take me a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, that, if that's how you speak love to that person, that's great. But... That doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that you, I took you a casserole, so now I can, you know, spit on you when I have an open wound. You know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all there. But I can't spit on you? Yeah, <laughs> but I took you a casserole. <laughs> you didn't like my ham and cheese bake? <laughs> Yeah, well, and yeah, if you speak love, taking a casserole, but the casserole is not loving. <laughs> so it's, you know, and, and I, honestly, when people want to, the, when people want to take the idea of speak the truth in love and understand it as condemn in love, you know, condemn lovingly. That's, that's not, yeah, it's like, you know, but I'm doing it in love. I think you're missing the point, and that's that's what this is saying. You know, don't, don't add to it, don't take away from it. This is what it is. This is pure, and so there were court rulings, and there were things that were added that were beneficial, and and there were perimeters. Okay, you're not supposed to go near this thing. So how about don't cross that line? It doesn't necessarily mean that crossing that line is a sin. It just means here's a visual for you, mm -hmm. and so it's but it's what you're doing. It's you've got to go back and read it. And this is, this is part of the problem, is when people didn't know what was actually there versus what they were being told not to do, then it was, you know, that's when he said that you're putting a burden on them that they were never meant to carry. Yeah. Nobody can stand under that. Adding all kind of extra stuff. Yeah. Like, I didn't say actually, I just said this and this. Yeah. Then you went back and said this, 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 this. Right. This. And some of it's good. Some right. of it's good. But only if, it, and we talk about, we've talked about before how there's culture, and every community has culture. We have culture here. And, and the key is, if, a lot of people, especially a lot of Messianic congregations, will be like, you know, we have to have no culture. It's just pure study. And, and I've, I've been around some of them. actually possible. Well, I don't know. I've seen people come real darn close, and it's kind of oppressive <laughs> to me. But just, I mean, it's oppressive to me if that's what. They're making an oppressive culture. Yes, I would suggest that. But I, the absence of, I mean, the absence of culture is a culture. Yes, right. And so the key, I think, is to remember what is God commanded and what is culture. So if somebody comes into your culture and they don't get that, oh, in this culture, we always shake with this hand or whatever, you know, that, that's not a sin. You know, if they don't, if they don't, if they go to your, your congregation and they don't, they don't know that, oh, in our congregation, you know, women wear dresses down to this length or whatever, that's not a sin. That's your culture. If they stay, they will probably adapt it. If, and I'm thinking even like the people who go out to the Amazon and, and they're ministering to the other right. people and also you need to wear... And westernizing them. You need to have tops. 
<laughs> right. They're westernizing them. They're not godizing them. Yeah. They're not taking them where they're at. God never said to be broad and holy. That's right. Well, and there's our version of modesty. You need to conform to that because uh, we say God says so. Well, and even you know, with a nursing mother here, a lot of the communities that will say, you know, oh, be careful, be careful about nursing. You know, some men, some people might find it offensive. Well, it's not a sin to nurse your baby. And it's not a sin <laughs> to nurse in public, to into right? A, into a little back room, right? God never says that. God never says, "Thou shalt not accidentally expose a nipple while attaching a baby." I mean, it's it's not a sin. Culturally, it might not fit. Culturally, you know. <laughs> and in other cultures, they don't. And you know, other we're all like, oh, get her on, you know, little baby. Wait, and there's cultures like Europe. You know, they have topless oh, beaches yeah. and and you know, new, topless women on TV all the time, all yeah. the hours. Yeah. It's not right, and it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And so yeah, you want to be leaders. you want to be culturally sensitive. Mm-hmm. But when you are within a culture, it's important to remember what is God commanded and what is culture. Culture is not inherently bad. And culture can be changed. And this so the, is where... So the food is God commanded. The That's food is God culture. commanded. That's not culture. Right. Um, some of the thing, like the interpretation of that, you know, with the milk and the meat and the separate kitchens and all of that, I would suggest that is culture. And oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. going from re- there, there, there is a distinction drawn between rabbinical kosher and biblical kosher. But you know what? As far as the food go, if like I'm from New Orleans, mm-hmm. brought up with a lot of seafood. Mm-hmm. You know, man, yes. I had so many crabs, <laughs> and shrimp, and all that. You know, it's like, gosh, my body's oh, full of that. How do I get rid of it? Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, if I had never been brought up with that. If right. I was brought up over in Israel, I wouldn't have eaten any of that. Right. Would I have missed right. it? Right. No. You know. So people think, oh, you know, I'm going to really, I just can't do without it. But actually, we can. But it's in our mind because I know it's in my mind. Well, and that's the certain know, things that's hard. I was crawfish and I was going, mm. Oh, I was going, whoa. Yeah. I know. I don't go, I'll eat that. That's mud bugs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was like, those mud bugs. Oh, those yeah. <laughs> no, that's river roaches. Ew. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like growing, and I, I don't know. I, the pork was easy for me. The seafood. Yeah, that's what's hard for me. That is so hard. And like, Trump is, Trump is like hard. Like the other, you know, like but we was at a restaurant and they had like shrimp pool boys. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so I ordered it and it was so funny because I went to pray and I went, and Lord, this extra, extra. <laughs> <laughs> I know this in my mind. Like, I'm like, I can't no. ask you to bless this, but. I know that it's shrimp. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> weak. But this is the thing. If you were born, if you were born in a culture that what, ate that dogs did? and cats. Yeah, yeah you being dogs. But we go, oh. And they go yum. Household pets, you know. Our roaches. Yeah. What's that spider? Scorpions. Yeah, some places eat scorpions. Yeah, scorpions. You never see cats around Philbertos. No, we were we were we were down in Mexico, and one of the guys in our group there was a stray dog, and he's like, "Come here, taco, 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 taco." We're like, "Oh, stop it!" But this is the thing. But but this is the thing. When people read what's actually commanded by God, yeah, where's the hang up? It's not in the don't let your bull gore anybody. 
It's not in the don't spit on me if you have an open wound. Uh, my culture, we spit on <laughs> Especially when we have open wounds, you know. <laughs> we spit on the wound. Yes. So, so, I mean, these are not the, it's not the if you, if you, if, if somebody entrusts you with something and it breaks, replace it for them. Nobody goes, oh, how dare God command that? That's horrible. I'm offended. But we get down to the food and we go, but I like that. <laughs> but I like it a cookie. Right. I want to eat it. And so, you know, I don't condemn, but I, I say maybe we need to wrestle with where our culture didn't actually set us up for success with yeah. what God wants his culture to well, be. You know what helped me out as far as like the pork mm -hmm. thing is, if we could read more on why, because even scientists have discovered pork is not good for you. Yeah. They can give you the scientific yeah. version. Oh, yeah, of there's a lot of... And maybe you might like that. The living Other than God saying, don't eat that because God nurturing. created the pig. He know when he put him here to right. eat. He already know what he didn't put him here for you to eat. He put him here for other reasons. Right. They, there is a purpose for them. Exactly. And There's that's, a purpose. And that's but not in your belly. Yeah. It's just, it's just not good for you. Well, and I, you know, with all of our dietary restrictions, I've had to tell my children that a lot of things, this is not for your tummy. God did not create this for your tummy. You know, or did God did not create your tummy for this, you know, one way or the other. It's not that I think people who eat gluten are sinning. It's that for us, it's not healthy. It's not good. It's not how God created us. It's a little, you know, it's our hedge because otherwise we would be sick. And so I also think that there are a lot of times where, where people... Like there are some people who will talk like if you don't eat paleo, you're you're just sinning and stupid and it no, okay, if that's how you choose to eat, whatever, not my thing. Not something God commanded. And so, you know, and and most honestly, most of the, the vegans that I know, which is really funny because most of the vegans that I know, even if they're eating it because they believe that's how our bodies, you know, and, and we were vegan for nine years, but even believing that that's how our bodies were created to best function. I don't know if I've personally ever heard a vegan talk to somebody about eating meat as being sin because the Bible doesn't say that. Right. And yet, I very often was told, oh, well, that means you're a weak Christian or, you know, well, you're sinning because God said that he gave the meat to us too. And I'm like, God didn't, oh, well, you were not a vegan for nine years. Or, yes, God, God, God said, you know, you shall eat the meat. Well, okay, look at the context. Um, but also being told that, that by not eating, this was my favorite, by not eating meat, we were causing them to sin if they did eat meat. What? Well, because Paul said, if your brother's weak and doesn't want you to eat, you know, and, and isn't eating the meat, you're supposed to not eat the meat. Oh. And I said, that's meat sacrifice to idols. I don't care if you eat the meat. I don't want your meat. It's not going to cause me to stumble. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Eat your burger. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> so, I mean, so we really, we have to be very careful. There is a lot that goes on that says, but, but God says... Really? Does he say that really? Is that <laughs> in there? Didn't say it. Paul said it. Well, and Paul said that. And well, he said it about the meat that was being what offered to offered to idols. idols. Okay. Yeah. So, and it wasn't the meat that was offending them. It wasn't the meat that was offending them. It was the sacrifice to idols part. Right. And so like, you're still gonna get it. Right. Right. <laughs> and it was for the purpose of really. What he was really saying is, if you're if you're at a family dinner 
with somebody, and you know that the meat's been sacrificed to an idol, and to you, that's nothing. That's fine. Whatever. Eat the meat. Because mm-hmm. if somebody's with you who goes, but that meat was sacrificed to an idol, yeah. it might yeah. cause me to feel like I'm worshiping that idol. Mm-hmm. Then tell them to go without it, and you don't, I don't need the meat. Because yeah, you don't need the meat. Yeah. You know, he's saying, if it's going to, it's not them eating the meat that's causing them to stumble. It's the, I'm worshiping an idol if I eat that meat that was sacrificed to it part. So, Although doesn't it say in, sorry, sorry, I spit off. Um, Because we never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Never, ever. Amen. You don't do it very well. I don't. That's why you're (laughs) supposed to do it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) When, when you do your sacrifices, it says mm-hmm. to do the sacrifices, this portion goes to the mm-hmm. Levites. So it's telling the Levites to eat the meat. Right. Well, what if the Levite wants to be vegetarian? I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he's required to eat it. It is the food that is provided since they don't have their own flocks. Mm-hmm. This is the food for you. Okay, I just, some of the... I'm says, pretty sure I had gardens. Yeah. And eat it. Right, eat it in is. front of us. It doesn't mean, it, it, I, I think that if you're like, ah, you know, I, I'm not in the mood for that today, that's, it's not like, they're going, no, but God said you have to eat it. It's more that this is the meal provided for you. It's like if somebody brings me a meal, I may not want to eat one portion of it, or I might get full with the salad or whatever. So it's, but, but that was... It was God saying the Levites don't have their own flocks and their own possessions. So when there's a sacrifice, this part is for you, this part's for the Levites. And and they're supposed to eat it in this place here. This is their cafeteria, you know, or whatever. And so, (laughs) you know, but it it goes to other things too, because, you know, I'm not offended by, by, holiday trees, call them whatever you want, Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah bushes or Christmas trees or whatever people have. But I know that some people are offended just by their very presence. And so I let them know, hey, I have this in my house. Is it a sin? I don't believe so. It's not in the Torah. God doesn't mention it. I'm not worshiping it. I'm not, you know, I don't know anybody who, oh, I've said before, I've seen different traditions around Christmas trees that make me go, whoa, I think if I had that, yeah, I think if I had that background, I might not want it around, so I get that, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say you shall never celebrate cultural holidays. I don't replace anything with it, you know, I don't, I don't throw out God's holidays and do this, and, and so it's that, it's culture, I think these things are kind of innocuous, but I'm not going to say they're, they're a sin, and I'm not going to say Everybody has to do them so because they're culture. That means I could keep my flirty Lisa. Does it make you feel like you're? Does it make you feel like you're worshiping an idol? That's my only nope. question. No, it never did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never, never thought of that. I thought it was a cornstalk. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, why you don't I don't think the like devil invented well, anything. And I thought it was kind of rude because I was like, excuse me, how can this, you know, devil take a flower and say it's mine? No, That's it's right. You cannot take that flower. The spirit is attached you know? to it is what they're saying. Oh, yeah, no. I don't, I don't know. 
I think people give a little too much credit and power to the to, enemy. To every, they say his spirit is attached to every single flower and that's what of that's, that type. Yeah, every single flower. I can see like this flower. So what if the devil decides to choose a rose? Then we're supposed to just... That's right. Now we can't away. do rose. Well, some church, where I have a hard some time church people it. do that. A lot of people, especially when, when herbal and homeopathic things were becoming popular, that's new age. That's Satan's. Really? Satan's in charge of the herbs. I don't think so. I think and these were given to us for medicine. Much. I'm not going to be looking at what flower he chooses. I really 13, don't care. <laughs> yeah. You're a witch. Because yes. it was the midwives who had all oh, the herbal right. knowledge. Yeah, yeah it was the, the widows and the midwives. Yeah. What was it in that. history? You were a witch if they threw you into the lake, you drowned no. and floated. But you still were a witch if you confessed to be a witch and they still drowned. Right. No, no, yeah, no, right. no. If you, well, that's, well, yeah, if you that's drown, you're a human. If you float, oh, you're a witch. That's right. And you're, <laughs> but, and you're burned. So either and way, you're going to die. Either way, you're going to die. I was like, so, well, today we're going to start Ruth. I know. Away. <laughs> so I love the book of Ruth. You still there? Absolutely love it. Did, we lose her? Did your phone die? Did no, I'm here. Oh, oh, good, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. No, your phone just cuts off. We're so relieved. Okay. So we're starting Ruth, and the reason that we're starting Ruth today, um, in, in the uh, Christian organized Bible, it does follow Judges, but uh, the reason it follows Judges and the reason that we're doing it now, um, even though in the Jewish Bible it's in a different order, is because it starts out in the days when the Judges ruled. So I thought, what a nice way to go into it and you know we just finished the book of judges but this is going to be still at the time of judges so in the days when the judges ruled this is uh, chapter one there was a famine in the land and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab and he and his uh, he and his wife and his two sons the name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife Naomi and the names of his two sons were Melon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites, so they were from uh, the tribe of Ephraim, from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. So Ruth was a Moabite. You know those people, the, the descendants of Moab, the don't marry these people, yeah. the don't mix with them, okay? And they went over and did just that. Yeah. So, so it's really important that, that we, we understand that... You okay? That we understand um, that foundation because it's very key to what's going to happen. Um, so they took, they took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah. The name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. And both Malon and Chilion died. So that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So whatever had caused the drought had, had you know, maybe a new judge had, maybe, maybe that was in that one of those 40 years where there was no judge and they were doing what they, what they wanted and everybody thought, you know, did whatever was right in their own eyes and now a judge has come to a position and God's blessing them again. Yeah, it started raining. And so... 
Whatever, you know, she's heard God's, God's visited them again. There's food. Verse 7, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So you've been good to our family. You were good to my sons. You were good to me. Be blessed. But I'm going back to my homeland. I'm going back to the land of Judah. You know, I'm, I'm letting you go. Return to your mother's homes. And may you be blessed. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And, you know, so go have, yeah, go have families. Go be blessed. You're young. You don't need to go with me. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. So, so these three women really loved each other. I mean, they, they were family. And they said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So, um, you know, so she's telling them, she's like, you have no future with me. I can't give you husbands. I, you know, even if I had children tonight, you'd have to wait for them to grow up. This is not a life for you. I love you enough that I'm telling you to go. But there's also this aspect of the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe we never should have come to this land. Maybe, you know, what, for whatever, I've lost my husband, I've lost my sons, I'm alone. You know, I'm, I'm being cursed. You know, that, that's clearly her, her thought here. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. Meaning, you know, goodbye. Actually, Oprah was named after Yes, <laughs> yes, I know it is. Got the name well, of well I, but I heard... Her, I don't. I don't remember well, her father. Her father spelled it wrong. Yeah, mm -hmm. when he put it on there. So, um, so they lifted their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, uh, Naomi said, "See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law." Mm -hmm. But Ruth said, "Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you." For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. I love okay? that line. The, the earliest salvation prayer that's recorded. <laughs> you know, she says, I, I, my people are no longer my people. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. Mm -hmm. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Wow. And when Naomi <coughs> saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. She's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you going to say to that? I know. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of it. Uh -oh. And the women said, is this Naomi? 
you know, she's been gone all these years. You know, is this Naomi? She said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And, and Mara means bitter. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Mm. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned to the country of Moab. Uh, who returned, I'm sorry, from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Uh, chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she says, you know, we've got this relative. You know, the, 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 the fields, when they, when they plowed the fields, they were not allowed to go over it a second time, and they were not allowed to trim the corners because that was for the poor. Ruth and Naomi are poor. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they've returned empty-handed. And so she said, let me go into our relative's field. I'll find favor with him. We're related, and I will go and glean there. She said, go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, so, so Boaz shows up, Boaz owns this field, mm -hmm. and he comes out to the field, and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? Who's that hot chick? Yeah. Who, who's she? Are you yeah. doing? <laughs> exactly. And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now except for a short rest. Then Boaz, so in other words, she's related. Mm -hmm. She's a hard She's a hard worker. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. <laughs> then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. So in other words, I told the men, don't, don't touch, touch you. Lay off, that's mine. <laughs> you, may, you may go and drink the water if you're thirsty. Yeah. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Because she's born an exotic. There you go. <laughs> but Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been That's fully sweet. told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Yeah, so going back, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, we like you, you know, so going back to Isaac and, and Rachel and how, you know, she sees him in a field and then, you know, and then, and then most of the time the way it's told is, and then they went into the tent. But what happens when we were reading it is his father's servant tells him all about her. Mm -hmm. These are and these are the things he, she you know she's a, a woman of of 
character. She's, you know, she's doing all these things. She was the one who offered to water my, my animals. And, you know, so, so he first, because she, she had a veil on, so he had never seen her. He fell in love with her character, married her, you know, and, and, and she happened to be beautiful, but it was the character that, that he'd fallen, that she'd fallen in love. So here Boaz has heard about Naomi's daughter. Mm-hmm. And and now he's seeing her, and he's like, "Oh, that's her." And she's hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take care of her. So you you came to people that you did not know before, and that's speaking to his character. He's like, "You don't know any of us. We're gonna take care of you. You took care of Naomi. She's family. We're taking care of you. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge." She wants to. She does. She's like, I want that. She let me go. Well, she was done before. And then she's like, I'm not done. I want more. <laughs> she has to take a break to poop. Yeah. <laughs> they take a break, poop, and then they go. There you go. Did she have to empty the tank? Then she said, <laughs> they need to make room for more. <laughs> then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. So she's no longer, you know, yeah, one of the poor people who's allowed to follow behind the, the reapers. She's actually sitting with the reapers, working along, you know, here, work alongside. You get to go through that first pass of the field and take what you need for you and Naomi. You don't have to go through that second pass behind them. Move up with my girls. Move up with the reapers. And now come and sit here. Come and eat the bread and morsel and the wine. She sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So if if you're in front of her, you better leave her good stuff. Yeah. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley, which we're just going to assume that was a really large amount. Mm -hmm. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. So they let her take a doggy bag from lunch. (laughs) And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. She told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Now, a redeemer meaning, you know, he had obligations slash opportunity to step in and take care of them. And so that's, that's why he's taking care of them. He's one of their kinsmen redeemers. He's supposed to take care of this family, and so he's done that. And Ruth the Moabite said... Besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. 
Now, even though he is the kinsman redeemer, he did not have to go to this length. Letting her glean in his field would have had them fed. Would have been good if he had told his men don't assault her. I mean, you know, there, there are like he all these. No, no, I'm just saying as a kinsman redeemer. Oh, yeah. He didn't have to do everything he did. Just letting her glean in his field would have fed them. Yeah. So, so, yes, he is one of their kinsmen redeemer. And we see that he sees that, you know, he understands that obligation. And he's saying, but he went really above and beyond what he had to do. And, and took very good care. So next week we will read about um, what happens next. And it's really, you know, Ruth is in the line of Yeshua. She's in the line of Jesus. She's, and, and she's specific. There are only a handful of women named in that lineage. Yeah. She is one of them. She is, yeah. She is a woman and she is a Moabite. Mm -hmm. and, and those things are specifically said about her when she's named. So it's, you know, she is one of the, as they come in and, the, and different people come into the, the lineage of Jesus, it becomes, you know, and this person, you know, so it's, there, there is a representation of, of male and female and those who didn't know and those who did and those who had attached on and, and it, it just becomes a beautiful lineage. So that is the end of this and I will say may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you. And may he grant you his peace. And what is meant by Amen. that? Countenance. Countenance, his face. His, it, it actually means his full face. It's like the difference between talking to your kid and being like, yeah, well, like, go, you know, hey, go get me that thing and going, I see you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now will you get me that? No. <laughs> <laughs> he probably feels that way quite often. But it also it they also already mentioned face and then they say continents. So yeah. Like, well it it has to do with um because if God turns his face upon you and his whole countenance, you're looking you have to be looking back. Wow. So, in other words, it's, yeah, and so it's the, when you are in unity, you know, when you're in communion with God, yes. you get his whole, the experience of being with him, his whole yes. being. And, and so that's what it's, it's wishing upon you and blessing, you know, and putting wow. upon you. That's great. So. Is that a verse or anything? Um, it is the, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. It's the blessing that Aaron did over uh, the people. Yeah. So it is in the Bible? Yeah. Well, you know, number six is the last place I heard it when I was reading. I numbers. think that's yeah. I, I think it's another other place. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's like two places. Well, most things are two places, but I think yeah. it is there. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and stop the recording.